Welcome to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Behold Israel provides biblical teachings through its tours, speaking events, and social media. It's also a reliable and accurate source for developments in Israel and the region. Amir's live updates and teachings are based on God's written word. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app, available on Android and Apple, under Behold Israel. Shalom, everyone. This is Amir Tsarfati. I'm live from Galilee, Israel. And today is Tuesday, uh, November 8, 2022, the day of the voter. We say in Hebrew, Yom HaBocher, the day of the voter, voting day for the United States um, uh, Congress. And uh, I believe that um, if everyone will go to vote, we are going to end up this day with happier uh, notion than we entered into it. Um, Today with me is Pastor Barry Stagner and Pastor Mike Golay. Shalom, everyone. Barry, how are you? Uh, I I still believe that uh, the book is mine, but uh, we'll talk about it later. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Pastor Mike, how are you, my friend? Good, good. Good to see both of you. Yeah. In fact, I understand that uh, it's raining right now in in, in Southern California. Am I right? Yeah, it is. We've got a a pretty healthy uh, kind of early in the season storm, which is great. Uh, California is in a well. Maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's a sign of a a positive change. Finally, Uh, that would be good. Anyway, uh, Pastor Barry, how about you start with the prayer, and we'll dive into today's Q and A. Today. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the first person to ask the question, and then we'll we'll take other questions from, of course, the people that are watching us live. And Father, we are thankful uh, here in California for the rain. Uh, Lord, you said you send your rain on the just and the unjust, and Lord, we're grateful for your common grace. And Lord, we pray that this time would be fruitful, and that uh, questions would be answered that are helpful to your people. And Lord, I pray that the end result of today, that we would be closer to you, know more about you, and have a greater passion to serve you. Mm. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, Pastor Barry and and Mike, uh, let me tell you, uh, over the last few days, we've been posting prayer points for the coming elections. We even called for fasting and prayer for the last three days. Um. But some people wrote me, and she, and and those people said, "Look, we are Christians. We don't need to be involved in politics, and we why should we go to vote? I mean, God will or you know put in power the people whom He want." Hmm. Uh, Pastor Barry, why should Christians vote? Well, first of all, Romans thirteen says that those who are in places of authority are God's ministers. And uh, he is establishing the role of human government. And, uh, you know, so we need to participate in that process because Proverbs says, when the righteous are in authority, Proverbs 29.2 says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And the truth of the matter is, in a republic, a democratic republic like the U.S., we have the choice to choose between groaning and rejoicing. And uh, sadly, we often choose groaning Uh, in this country, and we've had a season of that. And, you know, I think the most important thing to remember, Amir, is that God has given us a free will. He's not going to override 
the votes in the ballot box. We're going to get exactly who we voted for. He's not mm. going to reverse the votes. He's going to, uh, they'll be counted maybe uh, fairly, I hope. And, uh, you know, but it's not like the Lord is going to say, you know, I've got somebody I want in there and I don't care what the people want. Um, he lets us refuse his offer of salvation. So he's yeah. certainly not going to violate our free will at the ballot box. And, you know, Amir, what you said is so important because there's a lot of people who misunderstand and misrepresent Daniel chapter 2, where Daniel was praising God, saying he raises up kings and he removes kings. He's talking about the attributes of God. He's not establishing a constant biblical principle saying that, you know, every king is who God put in place. Every ruler is who God is in place. He's just mm. saying, you know what? And and this is predictive of, of the man he was interpreting a dream for, Nebuchadnezzar. But yeah. God was going to set him down. And then he was going to raise him up again. Right. He's just simply prophesying about what mm. would happen with Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. He wasn't establishing something uh, that every country and every ruler was going to experience, uh, meaning God's choice of a ruler for that country. Yeah, I agree with you. I also think that uh, in certain regimes and, 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 and government uh, 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 types of governments along the history, people had choices and they could exercise their choice. I mean, Paul exercised his choice to stand before Caesar rather than to be judged uh, by the local king or uh, local governor in Judea. And so he uh, he took that right that he had and uh, exercised it. I mean, and therefore we have so many epistles uh, written by the same person who could have been dead, could have been dead uh, uh, way earlier, but he chose to exercise his right to appeal before Caesar as a Roman citizen. And as an American citizen, um, and I'm not American, but if you guys are watching us and you're American citizens, I beg you, I urge you, I plead with you, go to vote. Look, let me tell you, in Israel, um, for the last uh, three and a half years, we've been uh, playing with ideas and people were not sure and some people thought oh let's give this thing a chance let's give that one and a lot of people stayed home and didn't even want to vote because they saw it's a never-ending thing and when they saw the last year and a half of this government of change the progressive left liberal mindset that destroyed everything everything People decided enough is enough, and everybody rushed to the voting polls uh, a week ago and changed it all. And was there was a decisive victory, and the political uh, uh, tight uh, and, 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 and uh, you know uh, I would say uh, uh, you know the, the political loophole that we had um, is over. That's it. Ne next week, Netanyahu is going to uh, receive the mandate to form the government. I don't think it'll take him more than 10 days. Uh, he's already deep into discussions with uh, his part partners. And this is it. Enough is enough. The people spoke. They removed the evil regime that took away from them their security, their identity, and their uh, finances. I mean, and it's, uh, if Americans once... Look, I'm, I'm saying that if you have the power... To remove someone who's promoting um, agenda to kill babies and if you manage to remove him by your vote that's it you save life and so i'm saying vote 
the right way and go to vote. Go to vote first and then, of course, vote the right way. They're counting on you not to go to vote. They are trying yeah, to put right. you to sleep. In California, the governor said, oh, it's going to be a great red wave, blah, blah. He's trying to put people to sleep. There was really no need for you to go to vote. Go to vote, even if it's raining, even if it's stormy. I'm telling you, tomorrow will be a sunny day and you might wake up regretting for not going and voting today. So th this is it. That's as far as the elections. Mike, you have anything else to say about elections before we move forward? Yeah, as a military member, we fight for the freedoms to vote, to say yes or no to certain candidates. As a believer, we are called to be a restraining force and just unborn children alone. Forget drugs and criminals and child trafficking across borders. Forget the whole green movement and the cult that they're being established with using your money, Americans. Forget all that schmaltz. For the sake of a child that's been unborn, this is not a voting. This is a human rights choice that you can make for the candidate that best represents the values of Christianity. Because our international community will tell you the privileges that we have in this country of the United States is a gift. And to yes. take that gift and throw it into the trash and say, I'm a Christian, I don't vote, is disingenuous, it's unbiblical, and it's an insult to a military member. Yes. I mean, if we, we are workers of righteousness, and if we can do something, look, it's a very easy thing to go to vote. You know how many millions of people around the world don't have that right? They don't have that privilege. Billions. They have they, millions, tens of millions. They have dictators. They wish they could go to vote and make any difference, but they can't. You guys can't go to vote. And remember, America is affecting the whole world in so many different areas. And whoever sits in the White House, whoever sits in Congress, I mean, it's, there's a, it's a powerhouse. And let's face it, um, we want it to flip. We want the two houses back in, 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 in the hands of those who value life, who, who, life. who have a, a short list of genders and, and, uh, and all of that. So, okay, good. We covered that. Um, and uh, it's time, Mike, yeah, for you. It is time. To, to, yeah, we're to, already getting a ton of questions. Here's the parameters, folks. Anything goes related to Bible, prophecy, Middle East, and especially Israel. Keep that in mind. Um, we already have six questions. We're being hand, they're being handpicked from the forum. Feel free, all of you Facebookers and YouTubers, to flip your question out there. No guarantee we're going to get to it. In fact, um, we'll do the best we can. So um, my, my first question is to Pastor Barry. Ma says, will there be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and great harvest of souls before the rapture? No, I don't think so. The Bible indicates exactly the opposite, that the righteous will be relatively few, as it was in the days of Noah. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be select places where God is moving and uh, the faithfulness of the release of God's word through preaching sound doctrine is going to yield its effect. Okay. And uh, there are pockets where these things are going to be happening. I mean, the church is just exploding in Iran and Egypt right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but a global great awakening, now, the Bible indicates that exactly the opposite is going to happen, that uh, people are going to be as it was in the days of Noah, buying and selling, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And that means there's kind of an attitude of indifference uh, about the impending signs of judgment. And that's what it's going to be like 
which I believe also is, is consistent with the church at Laodicea, uh, the seventh letter in the um, the seven that were written to the churches of Asia Minor, where the Lord says, you, you think you're rich and have need of nothing and don't know you're miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And uh, that's talking about their spiritual condition. And uh, that's really, I think, more consistent with the balance of Scripture, 2 Timothy 4, you know, the time coming when men will not endure sound doctrine, 2 Timothy 3, in the last days perilous times will come, men will be lovers of themselves, and then that leads to a whole host of other problems. So, yeah, I don't think that we could say, you know, categorically that there's going to be a, a massive global revival before the rapture of the church. I don't think you can make that case. Yeah, like how you say there. categorically, there can be pockets here and there, and we certainly see that throughout the history. But um, Amir, this is a question for you. Linda is asking, does the election of Netanyahu and his reappointment have any biblical significance regarding the end times? Well, look, biblically, we should always vote for the right people and we should tr strive to live in peace and be workers of righteousness. So we have to remember that. Okay. Uh, biblically, we have examples such as Josiah, where uh, we know we, we, we know the inevitable judgment is coming, but there was a relief for a time period where God allowed, uh, I mean, a, a, a good leader to lead the nation. And then, of course, once he died, things went south. So my point is, biblically, Israel eventually will go through a war. Israel eventually will succumb to uh, a, a, the Antichrist, uh, thinking that it's you know it's going to be wonderful to have a temple in Jerusalem and have peace and prosperity, but it it, it will be a fake one. And Israel eventually, two thirds of Israel will perish because they will probably going to follow that the Antichrist. So we we don't see it's not necessarily the identity of the prime minister and his government. Uh, as much as it's going to be the state of the heart of the people. And I think that the key, Mike, is the war, because everything, I believe, will go down south from the moment Damascus will be destroyed and Ezekiel 38 will come to pass, because the Antichrist will not rise before. He has to rise after. The temple will not be built before. It has to be built after. Um, the, the split of the, the third of Israel that will run to the desert to find shelter is not going to happen before. It's going to happen later. So until that happens, things can shift in Israel as we see. Thankfully, with a lot of prayer and fasting, we, we managed to get this evil government out. And it's funny because all the dirty stuff is coming out right now. Everybody's mm -hmm. now admitting that it, it was dirty. It was, mm -hmm. it was not even democratic. Now everybody is, is ratting on in each other. So now you see how bad it was. But yeah. the point is, Mike, um, I don't look at it as a you know fulfillment of Bible prophecy to have Netanyahu in power. I think that if anything, if I can see a thread or of hope, is that he might have the guts to deal with our enemies, but then that will cause them to come up against oh, us. I see. So, yeah. so I'm not sure what's going to happen in between, but I can tell you he is much more feared and he's able to do much more. And we've seen it because his, his resume speaks for itself. 
Mm-hmm. And, and the one thing that is very important that I notice is that one of the election's promises of Netanyahu was, I will bring peace with Saudi Arabia. That's what he said. He said, I, this is the one last piece that I need to complete in, in the Abraham's Accords. It's Saudi Arabia. He knows that he has to do it through strength. The Saudis will not cut peace with Israel if Israel is yes. weak. And so maybe to bring Sheba and Dedan uh, fully on our side with an agreement, we need him for that. So you can you see, I, I can go to so many directions here. One thing for sure, any country that has an evil government and there and has a choice between that and a much better one just vote for the better one that's it <laughs> yeah it's biblical enough for me yeah 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 so it's temporary but the inevitable of, of prophecy lets us all know that the Absolutely. world will come together and Absolutely. share the same evil values on broadcast that we've talked about pastor barry mary is asking this question uh, viral videos going on about the drying up the Euphrates, the prophetic significance. She's asking, what prophetic significance is there to the Euphrates River currently drying up? And I think what she's getting at is the overt revelation passage that references the Euphrates drying up. Where are we at with that whole thing of the Euphrates? Everybody's excited about, well, maybe not so excited, but a lot of attention is being put on the drying up of the Euphrates River. Well, Mike, I think there's a couple of things to think about uh, concerning that. One, it is biblical. Revelation Mm. chapter 16 says the Euphrates River will dry up, making way for the kings of the east. And one of the things to remember is this happens under the bold judgments, which is the latter portion of the the great and terrible day of the Lord, the end of the tribulation period. Uh And uh, so if we're seeing precursors to things that are going to happen at the end of the tribulation, we need to be looking up. Our redemption is nigh. And the other thing is, you know, this is uh, a biblical necessity. And, you know, there's some some human involvement here with damming up the river and things of that nature. Uh, But, you know, whatever it is that's going to happen, in Revelation 16 is going to be of a supernatural origin. It's, uh, mm. as I said, one of the, the bold judgments. But, you know, these kind of things ought to draw our attention to how specific the Bible is about details that couldn't possibly be known thousands of years ago. And yet here we are as a privileged people living, watching these things develop and all these precursors uh, to what's going to be fulfilled during the tribulation. So we're running out of time. We need to be telling people about Jesus uh, yeah. every day, all day. Yeah, Kings Kings of the East, you brought that up, Amir. Somebody else asked the question, um, who are the king who are the kings of the East? I mean, of course, people are wondering, is that China? Is that Kings of the East are kings east of the land of Israel? <laughs> you don't necessarily have to say China. You, to China. you have India, you've got Arabs, you've got other people around. You know, if 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 there was a specific nation the bible would have told us that but Mm -hmm. just describing the east only it it makes sense that it won't be necessarily a single nation uh so i'm not sure i could say that it's china i mean judging by the number of of people that uh, they're going to lead it has to be a country or of a great number of population um but it doesn't necessarily refers to China 
uh, per se. It can be, again, you've got more than one country that is big and very well populated east of the land of Israel. Well so said. That's, that's my opinion. Well said. Well said. Amir, while, while you're on this train, there, Pastor, yeah, yeah. And I, I, this next question I want both of you to answer, but Kings of the East. Pastor yeah, Barry. I think what Amir pointed out is important because we have to remember from Revelation 6 to 19, everything's about Israel and everything must be viewed through the lens of Israel. And uh, so the kings of the East are Israel's ancient enemies. And it's not anything to do with modern nations. And, and I think Amir was spot on in that, that, you know, because we have to all the idioms and analogies and word pictures, all the imagery, it's all Jewish from Revelation 6 all the way up to chapter 19 when the Lord comes back with the church and then things shift gears again into the eternal realm and the heavenly realm and uh, the great white throne judgment and all that. But, you know, I think that's that's an important point that, you know, geographically, it, it's not saying because just because we say, you know, that the nation in the Far East, the king in the Far East is China, that's not a valid way to interpret the passage. You have to interpret it uh, through the lens of what's in front of you. And what yes. you have in front of you is the 70th week of Daniel, which mm. deals with God's people and the holy city. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, it says it very clearly that that is, that is what the 70 weeks are designed for. I'm not sure why Christians have to infuse the church into that. But springboarding off of this, Amir, back to you. And Amir, uh, Barry, I want to hear what you have to say. Chris raises a very good question related to our opening discussion. When no person is God-fearing in government, then why vote for anyone that is against God? We covered this, but let's take that. Thank you, Chris, by the way. And let's smash this because we live in an imperfect world. There's no perfect candidate. So should a believer just distance themselves? Amir, you already uh, spoke to my, me. Uh, my question is this. I'm not sure I understood the question the question first I, why vote it, if they're all evil well who you you judge candidates by the platform that they are presenting and their track record of what they voted for and what they did and so i mean it's so easy to say everybody is evil everybody's evil and no one is perfect you're right no one is perfect even us we're not perfect i mean no one is perfect but that's not good enough to hide behind because when when you know, for example, that there's a candidate that is calling for the killing of babies from inception, conception all the way to their birth, and you have a candidate that is standing firm against it, then even if the guy that is standing against it is not perfect, he will get my vote because he is standing against an evil, vicious plan to kill innocent babies. This is it. For me, I'm look, people tend to forget that when you vote for a leader, you don't vote for your friend or for your pastor or for, for your, you know, you <laughs> yeah, vote okay. for a leader. Yeah. Now, I, I will be honest with you and don't be offended. I would not want to be a friend of Netanyahu or Trump. Honestly speaking, if they invited me, I wouldn't go. They, they are not my type for hanging out with and okay. be Thanks friends for the with. Honesty. Okay. I'm telling you the truth. I don't like yeah. uh, the, the style of how they do things or maybe how they, but I, I that's not what I'm voting for. I, I'm not voting for a friend. 
I'm not voting for someone to hang out with, someone that is cool on Twitter or someone that is... They, uh, no, I'm voting for someone who is going to deliver, someone who is going to govern, someone who is going to put me first as, a, as, as his citizen and, and, and not coming after me, someone who is going to provide me security. Some, these type of things, that's what, I mean, go back and see the four, four years of the 45th president and the last two years and look and see the difference. So again, I'm not a big fan of the character of either one of them. I understand. But I am looking at when we vote, we don't vote for them because, oh, they're good people or they're, you know, no, I don't care if he's, uh, you know, the most humble or, or, or pride, prideful. I care. Is he going to govern and lead and, uh, and, and be someone that is fighting for the right things? That's what yeah, I even, even if it's just for that issue alone of the unborn children. Even if it's just that, but but when it comes to America, the platform of one of one uh, 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 party is night and day. When it comes to the other one, it's not just the unborn; it's everything: as family, sexuality, borders, Israel, everything. It's it's. I mean, literally, the 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 Repub the uh, the Democratic Party ha is housing so many anti-Semites. It's unbelievable. And yeah. uh, um, crazy, you know, uh, crazy uh, uh, progressive mindset. They're destroying generations of people, giving them no accountability. Uh, you can. So we, we do have a restraining ability if we do vote. We yes, we can restrain and do a Josiah pause. Yeah, we can. So yeah, and and this so, is exactly this is exactly why I'm saying okay. it, we must stop measuring candidates by whether they are good people, friends of mine, people whom I want to sit and have dinner. I don't want to go to Mar-a-Lago and have dinner. I, I don't want to go to... Sure. To, I understand. No, I'm, I'm, telling, I'm honestly yeah. saying, Mike, if I get an invitation, I'll turn it down. Okay. And the reason oh. is, it, it's because I vote, I would, if I was an American, I would vote for the person that I know is going to do the right thing. Not that because he's the best person in the world and he's, no, I'm not. And, and so we have to, you know, isn't that enough the last year and a half in Israel and the last two years in America to show you how bad things can go from, from A to Z? I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, you that think alone. Yeah. Now, Pastor Barry, you know, there is the principle of inevitability and some people would say, why vote if God's will is going to be done anyway? What do you say to that? Well, God wants us participating in his will in every aspect of life. I mean, I don't know what other area of the Christian experience we're supposed to sit on the bench. Ooh, uh, we're here to wow. be salt and light. Okay. And, you know, I think the most important thing to recognize is that the president is not the spiritual leader of the country. The church is, and Christ is the head of the church. Jesus didn't say in Matthew that the president or the prime minister is the salt of the earth or the light of the world. He said, you are, that's our job. And you know, really the, uh, the decision boils down to, do you wanna see more inflation? 
Do you want to see higher gas prices? Do you want to see more babies killed inside the womb where there's no. it ought to be the safest place in the world? This is what it's all about. And I'm, I'm on the same page with Amir. You know, Donald Trump is, uh, is struggles in some areas rather significantly, uh, you know, as a moral person. And he's blustery and rude and condescending and all those things. But I'm not voting for the personality. I'm voting for the platform. I'm voting for his positions on issues that matter. And, you know, where in the world would we ever think that it's okay for us to be silent about killing babies? Uh, if there's yeah. anywhere we ought to be standing up, it's in that particular issue right there. And uh, so we that's what we make our decisions based on, is who is going to do the greater good according to God's moral standards, even though they may not follow them themselves. And, and one more thing, you know, I think uh, that's really sad about the United States. The first chief justice of the first Supreme Court, a man named John Jay, appointed by George Washington himself, said that in this Christian nation, we are to select and prefer Christians as our rulers. But, you know, we've seen a decline in the, the church in so many ways and the uh, intolerance of sound doctrine, you know, the defection from truth that's well underway and all that. And the church has lost a lot of its influence. And that that's a sad thing, but it's part of the last day scenario. So, yeah. Again, it goes back to the God raising up and setting down kings. That doesn't mean he puts everybody in place and everybody in power. As I said earlier, he's not going to stuff the ballot box on our behalf. We're going to get exactly who and what we voted for. Wow. Yeah. Amir, Danny's asking this. When we talk about abortion, if you're a Christian and have an abortion, are you forgiven? Or were you even a Christian in the first place? Very good oh. question, Chris. Well, or uh, Danny, Danny, sorry. Danny, I think he asked the question that I'm asking also. Now, a lot of people, first of all, to, to say that you're a Christian, uh, everybody can. You know, uh, people think they're born Christians. People mm -hmm. believe that it's, it says Christian on my birth certificate, therefore, I'm a Christian. Also, I can say that a lot of people who profess faith in Jesus, they do not know him. And the, the, the giver of life, the one who came to give us life and life in abundance, the one who is, you know, also an image of the, the tree of life, the one who operates by the power of undestructible and, and endless life. All that Jesus represents is life. To say that you believe in Jesus and to knowingly go and end life, I think there is a problem here. Now, yeah. um, I am not in the seat of the judge here, Mike. God knows circumstances. God knows what happened, who said to who, what and how. I can only know one thing. If you repent of your sins, no matter what, God is faithful to forgive you. There is no sin that is too big for him to mm. forgive. But if you're in the mindset as a Christian that abortions are okay, here I can question your Christianity. If wow. you're in the, I must, yeah. how can you be yeah. a Christian leader or a Christian and think that it's okay? Now, if you did it and you understand it was wrong and you repent, and I mean, I believe God can forgive. 
There's no yeah, doubt. because you admitted it's wrong and you change your but path. But you know it's wrong because the Bible, look, in the Bible, it's, there's no doubt it's wrong. I just gave a message in Chino Hills last month about the tree of life. Um, everything about God is life. That's the one tree he did not forbid them from touching. Unbelievable. Only after they sin, he placed that um, angel to not allow them back in. To, so they are not going to. But, but interestingly enough, they had a choice between two. One is life and the other one is, is basically, I would say, a way to understand evil and then start to practicing it. And it's very interesting, Mike, they chose the wrong one. So I'm saying this. If you think you know God and you're a big supporter of abortion, I have my right to doubt your salvation. Well, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being honest with you. People will attack me. I'm used to it. That's fine. But at if, least you're at least you're standing up for the children. Listen, I don't care if people attack. If I can back up my opinion with scriptures, I don't care what people say. Hmm. If they come, if they bring me scriptures to tell me that I'm wrong, that life in a womb is not precious, that that it's not life, that it's not even a human being. That's what they're trying to sell us. It's a it's a cluster of cells. It's not a human being. All of that junk is being pushed through so many people uh, through the liberals. Look. A Christian cannot support it. Now, if he did it and he repent, God will forgive. But if yeah. he's actively promoting it, I am not sure the person is. Yeah, very uh, well is, put. Is, is very well put. Very well put. Pastor Barry, uh, this is Myra asking, is it possible that we missed the rapture? That it's already, you know, the, the way the question is, is worded is, could the rapture already have started? And I think what you mean, Myra, is, is it really pre-trib or are we in the tribulation now awaiting the rapture? I mean, this is really the question a lot of people have because things are changing fast. One could make a case that, wait a minute, with all these changes, it's very similar to things we see in the tribulation. This is a common question. Myra deserves an answer. Where is the rapture? And are we in the tribulation? Did we misteach this pre-trib view somewhere in the pipeline, Pastor Barry? No, 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 and no. <laughs> okay. Um, no, we haven't missed the rapture. Uh, we're all here. And uh, we have been born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, as far as the timing and speed of the rapture, uh, it isn't going to be a process. It's an instantaneous event okay. that happens according to 1 Corinthians 15, 51, uh, in the moment and the twinkling of an eye. When is it going to take place? It is going to take place before the tribulation can begin. Uh, the mm. first thing that happens in the tribulation period is the Antichrist rises to power. And 2 Thessalonians says he can't do that until the hindering force of the Holy Spirit uh, is taken out of the way. And that would point to the salt and light aspect of the church, the purifying and preserving influence that the church has. And then the Holy Spirit is going to allow the man uh, to rise to power. And that's what happens in Revelation 6, verse 2. Yes. Uh, so the church has to be gone for him to rise to power. And we're still here. And uh, he wow. hasn't risen to power. Oh, and so biblically, it has to be 
a pre-tribulation event. It, it's not mm. a pre-wrath event in the way that pre-wrath is represented. I do believe that it is a pre-wrath event because I believe all seven years are wrath. Exactly. And so uh, that's what the Bible clearly yeah. indicates. It's the 70th week of Daniel, not the mm. three and a half uh, exactly. of the last 70th week of Daniel. It's mm. the whole seven-year period is God's wrath. So, yes. and, uh, you know, so a pre-tribulation rapture position, I think, is a defensible position. The others require some speculation and eisegesis and forcing an interpretation into the scripture, but we have to be gone before the Antichrist can yeah. rise to power. Yeah, I want to remind the viewers that uh, over the last two and a half years, Barry and I were answering questions here on these Q&As. Uh, we started it with COVID, and we just compiled uh, 70 of the most frequently asked questions into a must-book. And uh, let me show you the image of what the book looks like. So. Uh, Bible prophecy, the essentials, and Pastor Barry, I think you have one in your hand. Um, the reason why I'm saying that is because lots of your questions can be already answered if you have it. This is it. He's got it, um, uh, and uh, I wanted to know that these are the 70 questions and answers. M maybe even one of them is yours, and uh, you can already pre-order that on Amazon and we're very uh, pushing that we're pushing that only for one reason F from our experience and from what we were told the more people buy before the book is launched the more bookstores will order it to be in their shelves on their shelves and therefore uh, you're helping the book to make it not just online but to the bookshelves of of uh, the big stores such as uh, Target and Hobby Lobby and and also um, uh, uh, um, Walmart and we want the Bible to be, I mean answer, I mean Bible questions to be answered, even when people go to those places. So Bible prophecy, the essentials, find it online and pre-order it. Yes, Barry. Can I say something there, Amir? Uh, I think one of the things that uh, I and I know Amir is too excited about this book. Is, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there and, you know, kind of been tracking uh, the pre-sales and all that stuff on the book and seeing other books about prophecy that are just out there and uh, sensationalism and things that are just fabrications. And uh, but sadly, these books sell all 70 questions are answered biblically. And, you know, we just deal with what we do know and what we can know for sure. And every single answer and Amir and I both answer each question. So you get uh, insight. You know, and there, it's not a redundant thing to where we both say the same thing. And it's actually interesting that the publisher uh, had commented that they were very uh, excited about the fact that it wasn't that. It wasn't just, you know, I said something or Amir said something and then the other repeated it. Uh, it just gives kind of the whole picture yeah. biblically on each answer. But, you know, there's a lot of things that require some speculation. And we're not going to talk about the mark of the beast and you know, the uh, artificial intelligence and those kind of things, because we don't know. Uh, the mark, the word translated as mark means a brand. Uh, the Antichrist could be branding people, if you want to break it down into the Greek language and what the words mean. So but we don't know. Could be a biometric tattoo. The uh, statue erected could be artificial intelligence or 
uh, transhumanism or, you know, we don't know all those things. So we're just answering the questions with the information that the Bible provides. So no sensationalism in the book. And that's, I think, one of our favorite parts about it. Yeah. So the, the essentials, that's what the book looks like. If you want to see, go and grab it online. And we are pushing hard. Maybe it will be out even before Christmas, so you can have it as a Christmas gift. Right now it's January 3rd, but maybe we will succeed and it yeah. will be out before and you'll be the first to get it. So let me show you what the book looks like. Once again, uh, on the screen, Bible Prophecy, the Essentials, and uh, go and grab it. It will be amazing. Now, let's move to the next question, Mike. Yeah, if it was up to me, we'd have volume two and volume three because yeah, we do we these Q&As. And so let's add another question to the next volume. Wink, wink to you guys. Jeanette Mamir is asking this. Will the Antichrist be Jewish or Gentile? And if Gentile, why would Jews follow him? Hmm? First of all, if it's for me, Antichrist is someone who is supposedly uh, imitating Christ. He's, he's actually against Christ, but he's imitating Christ. He's supposedly someone who comes to bring uh, peace, prosperity, and, uh, uh, and of course, is marking the time for the third temple to be built. You have to understand that throughout history, the Jewish people looked up at world leaders as saviors as people who are there in power to either either give them life and give them freedom or and prosperity or not uh, interestingly enough um, Napoleon coined a coin whereas he is standing giving the Jewish people of France the Ten Commandments I'm on a coin they're on their knees yeah I I think I shared that at Barry's church I gave a whole message on the Antichrist and, and the image of that coin was there. Just to make it very clear, Mike, I believe that when the war of Ezekiel will come to an end, it will be such a, on one hand, devastating war. On the other hand, an amazing, miraculous victory uh, for, not for Israel, but for the God of Israel. Because okay. God will, uh, of course, bring about the, uh, the enemies of Israel down. And that, I believe, will trigger messianic aspirations. Huh. I mean, here we are, not just that we survive, but we've seen miraculous intervention of God with, with big things coming from the sky and the earthquake. And everything is definitely pointing at the fact that God is winning it for us. And it's not even a victory made by our own weapons, soldiers or commanders. When they see that, they're going to be ready for the coming of the Messiah. And when a world leader will appear out of nowhere, someone who is going to bring, not just for Israel, someone who will appear as spectacular leader for the whole world, because the Bible tells us the whole world will worship him. That, can you imagine a leader emerging out of nowhere, worshipped by the whole world, coming to Israel for the first time in the last 2,000 years, offering them not just peace, but a temple, part of that peace. Sure. Trust me, all of them 
based on the fact that they just came out of a terrible war, based on the fact that they just survived miraculously, based on the fact that the whole world is looking at this person as a savior, they will accept him. He doesn't have to be a Jew. And remember, why yeah. would God put a Jew to kill two-thirds of the Jews? Why would God put a Jew to persecute the Jews like, like even... 10 times more than Hitler. Why? Oh, I mean, think about it. So I, I'm thinking, I believe it's going to be a Western European leader coming from what the West, from where the Roman Empire used to be. I believe he's going to be charismatic. He's going to be different. He's going to be someone mm -hmm. that the world has not seen before. Remember, that's the beast that emerging from the sea. It's, it's a big, big, big difference than the beast that has been on earth, which you know, if you investigate, it could be the Pope. It could, because it, this is the false prophet that has some um, description of, of some religious uh, authority. And so my point, Mike, it will be someone that the world will worship and Israel will fall for it. You know, and, Amir, uh, yeah. even now, I'm sorry to tell you this, but as, as an American looking into Israel, I see many Israelis already willing to receive a world leader yeah, already right absolutely. now. Absolutely. Now, and allow me to say, in the last month or so, I was flooded with videos of some Rabbi Yanuka, uh, you know, being, uh, look, this Rabbi Yanuka, I don't even think he calls himself Messiah. Much more, I can tell you, two probably 98% of Israel never even heard of him. And I can tell you, Mike, this is one more of so many fake things that are going to emerge. This is a false, false pseudo, uh, you know, facade of some messianic eras. No, 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 no. It seems like, to me like Christians are more excited about this guy than, than the Jewish Rabbi Yanuka. Huh? Yeah. Yanuka, by the way, is, is a term for someone who's very young, Yanuka is a term in, in, in Hebrew slash Aramaic for someone who's still being breastfed. Yonik is, uh, and, and so when you want to look at someone that is very, very young, that is very, because he's a young rabbi, that's why they call him that way. He's a very, but let me tell you something. No, we're, that's not the League of the Antichrist. The League of the Antichrist is global. It's big, and it's something that has not been seen it's not just the rabbi that most of Israel have never even heard of. So, no, I would say, Mike, it's going to be someone of the league of a, an empire, a leader of, of, of a big place, a place that is well-respected by the whole world. Look, the whole world is pilgriming uh, to Europe for sake of tourism right now. But the whole world was under the thumbs of the Western Europeans for, for hundreds of years when the Roman Empire was there. And even before when the Greek Empire was there. So I'm saying, look, we're going to see an emerging uh, Roman Empire, a revived Roman Empire. America is obviously declining. We see it. Um, there's, an, uh, there's a, you know, uh, there is a push from so many other places to bring America down. So it won't be a sole, um, uh, you know, superpower, but, you know, India wants to have its share. China wants to have its share. Russia wants to have its share. Iran, everyone is, Turkey wants to have its share. Everyone wants to have its share of, of world dominance. I will say someone different. 
not a leader of a country. It's going to be someone that the world... And, you know, by, by the time we get to that point in history, Mike, I think that people will be so disappointed from national governments and national oh, leadership sure. that they're going to look for a global one that is not going to be a president of a country. It's not going to be a president of a... Well, they already are. There's already... Uh, yes, but, but, but still, thankfully, some countries are still preserving their nationality yeah, and national... But we will reach a point in history with a fallen economy, a lack of security, and, uh, and I, maybe even the, the, the I guess, uh, residue of, of, of some nuclear exchange that will bring the world back to a place where they say, you know what, that is not working. We need yeah. something different. Yeah. So we're looking at a Gentile antichrist. Pastor Barry Holly is asking, if we are going to live and reign on the new earth with the Lord for, well, I think she's confusing the millennium with the new heavens and new earth. The question is, um, as it says in a different part of scripture, one day is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. Are these literal? Is the, is the millennium literal? Is the thousand year reign of Christ mentioned in Revelation 20? Is that literally 1,000 years? It is literally 1,000 years, Mike, and I, I'm glad that you mentioned the, the Second Peter thing because that's a figure of speech, and uh, there's been so many gymnastics done over that that uh, to the Lord a day is a 1,000 years and a 1,000 years a day. Uh, that's not an equation. Uh, what that means is the Lord dwells outside of time, and oh. there is no time in his kingdom, and that's why in the New Jerusalem there'll be no night or day and uh, no need for the sun and all that. It's just we'll be dwelling in a realm outside of time with the Lord. But six times we find uh, the, in the Latin it's milliannum, and it's uh, 6,000, and it doesn't mean anything other than that. And it okay. is a literal it's time period that is— 1,000, right? Yeah. Uh, six, six times 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. So six times uh, the 1,000 years is mentioned in one chapter, and it means 1,000 years— Every single time. So, yeah. Now, is, the same, is that the same thing the as the new heaven and new earth? No. Uh, no, we'll be there forever. Uh, that's <laughs> okay. the millennial reign of Christ. We'll be in the new Jerusalem uh, forever. And there will never be anything that will enter into that city that causes an abomination or a lie. It will be absolute no. purity. Uh, Satan will have never entered into it. Uh, uh, everyone who is there will be in a glorified uh, body and uh, spiritual condition will be sinless at that point in time, and we will forever dwell in that uh, habitation. And, you know, there's a lot of speculation about the New Jerusalem. Are we going to be there? It's Does it float over the earth? Does it settle on the earth? Uh, you know, I don't care whether it settles on the earth or hovers over the earth. I just want to be there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, Mike, remember, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about the church age. We're talking about the tribulation. We're talking about the 1,000 years millennial kingdom, and then he will make all things new. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Okay, so that brings clarity. Um, look, guys, we have four minutes left. I'm going to pitch one last question, question that I want both of you to answer. Here it is. If we're taken in the rapture and the Lord has prepared a space for us or a room for us or a mansion, however you translate that, John, John's gospel. What happens to that room, mansion, or whatever when the millennium arrives and the new heavens and the new earth arrive? Is this like a house that just gets vacated? <laughs> is it a, 
apartment that goes up for new rent, uh, Pastor yeah. Barry, uh, what yeah. do you, have you ever thought about that? Not until now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. What I do know is that at the end of the millennium, after the great white throne judgment, uh, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So that is a temporary uh, habitation ah. for us. We'll be there uh, for that seven year period. And uh, then we'll come back with the Lord rule and reign on the earth. And then uh, that new heaven and new earth, that new Jerusalem we just talked about, that will be our eternal habitation. Okay, Amir. Uh, you will not have to say, hey, I'm coming back soon. No, that's that's the thing. You see, I was struggling with why do I have to leave this beautiful place Jesus worked on for the last 2,000 years to go back <laughs> yeah. to this damaged world for another 1,000 years? But then I realized, you know, first of all, I'm coming back to the world when the world is upgraded. Then I'm coming back to the world in my glorified body. And, and third, I'm coming back with Jesus and reign with him and judge with him. And I think that for me to see after a thousand years that man's heart will still stay the same and they will come up against him when Satan will uh, be released for a short time, it'll be easier for us to then understand and accept the great white throne of judgment uh, because, you know, that is, that's it. That's the final thing, people. There's nothing beyond it. If your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, then you are not going to enjoy the presence of God anymore, period. That's it. And so I... Uh, you know, better is wonder in your house than a thousand elsewhere. If Jesus leaves heaven to to rule earth, I want to be with him there rather than stay in heaven in and 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 you know without him there. So it's it's a temporary residence. And uh, remember, Mike, people don't know not only earth was tainted with sin, heaven also. The rebellion of angels against God. And joining forces with Satan was all in the heavenly realms. When the Bible tells us that our war is not against powers and principalities, uh, not against flesh and blood, but against what? Powers and principalities where? In the heavenly places. We have to understand heaven must be also replaced with something new if we want no traces of sin ever. And, and that's it. It will be new heaven and new earth. New Jerusalem, everything is new, and the tree of life once again will grow and will bring life to people. Endless, endless, and indestructible life. Perfect way to end. Perfect way to end. Can you see that vision, people? Yeah, yeah. Back to you, Amir. We, we yeah. don't have time. We're out of time, my friend. Yeah, friends. folks, if you want to follow uh, Barry uh, on his social media, this is how you can do that. Barry uh, Stagner, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Tustin. Uh, Facebook, on Instagram, YouTube, and Telegram. Um, again, I urge you, follow us. On, follow me on Telegram. We're going to show you a short video right now. Telegram is the only way I can share with you breaking news and tons of stuff that I cannot share anywhere. I'm being shadow banned. By the way, I don't even have access to my own Facebook page. So um, uh, just follow me on, on Telegram. And again, once again, go and get this new book, pre-order it. And let's, let's just make sure that stores will have it starting from January everywhere on their shelves. 
Bible prophecy essentials. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Thank you, Pastor Barry. Um, and uh, God bless you all. Go to vote. I don't want this this live broadcast to stop you from voting. Go to vote and and vote the biblical way. Vote for the life of the unborn, for safe borders, for family values, for a very short list of genders, and and vote for a pro-Israel government. Vote the right way. Thank you. God bless you. And Shalom from Galilee. Thanks for listening to this podcast featuring Amir Sarfati, founder and president of Behold Israel. Connect with Behold Israel on Telegram, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Download our free app, available on Android and Apple under Behold Israel. Amir's teachings can be found in multiple languages. You can also visit our website, beholdisrael.org.